Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the Thursday episode of The Commute, Will Peebles, our political reporter, joins us to recap Election Day 2022, the primary on Tuesday, and talk a little bit about some of the races, such as the governor's race between Brian Kemp and David Perdue, as well as the Secretary of State's race, how voting went in Chatham County, and some other local races that of interest to our region. The Commute is brought to you by National Office. Hello and happy Thursday on the Commute Podcast. This is Zach Dennis sitting in for Adam Van Brimmer today. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to be talking with Will Peebles, our, the Savannah Morning News' political reporter, to recap the day that was Tuesday as Georgia celebrated their primary election in the 2022 election. Uh, there's a lot of big races. The governor's race between Brian Kemp and David Perdue. The secretary of state race between uh, Jody Heiss and Brad Raffensperger. But a lot of locally focused races. The first congressional district going into a runoff. Um, a Georgia House race, Senate race. A lot of different uh, news and notes that we just kind of touch on. We also talk a little bit about what was happening with voting machines and just voting in general in Chatham County. There were a little some issues, but... A relatively smooth day for Chatham County, so we talk a little bit about that. Uh, we will get to that and more in a bit. But first, uh, National Office Systems is our sponsor, and uh, I'm here at the office right now enjoying my National Office Systems products. Um, honestly, you know, it's a good time. Uh, National Office Systems is the exclusive provider of dirt modular interiors at Herman Miller Furniture. Uh, if you're looking to get yourself and your company back in the office, definitely check out National Office Systems. To learn more, go to natoffices.com. That's N-A-T-O-F-F-S-Y-S.com. Now, here's the first part of my conversation with Will. Joining us on the Thursday commute is Will Peebles, our political reporter, who uh, we have some coffee with him now. So he's uh, awake and ready to go after a, after a week of elections. <laughs> A week, um, a month, dog. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> well, I would say that this is probably a little, you're in a little bit better place today than in the past two years. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, from what, from the, from the, from the high box looking down after uh, we're here talking on Thursday, what, what's your, uh, what are your thoughts on election day or election primary day, 2022? Um, A lot of fun things. I think the biggest and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but uh, I think the biggest takeaway from this, and this is kind of the angle that uh, Savannah Morning News and a lot of outlets kind of took, was Trump's effect on this election as a primary, because mm-hmm. uh, because it's a primary, it's obviously pitting two people from the same party against each other to see who is the nominee for November. Um, and in Georgia, a lot of those, in Georgia and a lot of other states as well, Donald Trump has uh, stuck his hand in that race, been like, hey, um, this is my candidate, this is who I endorse. Um, and in Georgia, uh, you had two candidates who kind of were the main ones who got the, the Trump ire, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, and that was uh, Brian Kemp and Brad Raffensperger. There were endorsements in other races, sure, um, but no, like, actively 
urging people not to vote for this person. Yep. You know, he was just telling people to vote for, you know, John Witt or, or Patrick Witt or John Gordon or any of those other folks down ballot. But yeah, Kemp and Roffensperger was a really interesting thing. And um, the fact that they won um, Kemp extremely easily and Roffensperger a little less so, but, you know, still no runoff. Um, I think that was interesting because it's not necessarily because of the ramifications for November, um, but just the fact that, you know, a former president with as much sway as Donald Trump has is putting his opinion into these races. And it was cool to see that because um, he, he did okay. Trump did like Herschel Walker was his only pick in a contested race that won. Um, he decided to endorse buddy Carter and a couple of other people who weren't running against anyone on like the week before the election. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have competitive races and they all won obviously because no opponents, but, um, yeah, no, I think that was the biggest takeaway. Um, here in Chatham locally, uh, I enjoyed the angle of it that I kind of took for our live updates in a few, for a few of those, we on election day, we go out and we write little vignettes. If you didn't read it, just stopping by and it's like two or three people and we're sending them back to the newsroom. And, um, it, some of mine were, uh, looking at Billy Wooten, mm-hmm. um, who was our new election supervisor in Chatham County. Uh, he's kind of the, if there is a boss for the, um, the running of elections, he's it, you know, he's the guy to go to, uh, and he's, he took over for Russell Bridges who retired, I believe in 2020. And this is Billy's first big one, you know, like last year we had the municipals and, mm. you know, while equally as important as any, any federal or state race, uh, the, it's not as big of an election, you know, sure. um, turnout wise, especially. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So m- much less interest in it. Um, generally, which is sad. You should vote in your local elections and read your local newspaper, but now I'm soapboxing, but yeah, it was interesting to see Billy in a pretty high stress scenario, the poor guy, you know, like it's uh, it's not an easy job that day. Um, but, uh, one thing I did think was pretty cool. Uh, Billy was an elections worker before this. So mm-hmm. he, <laughs> when he heard about a couple of issues, he was like, I'm just going to go fix it. <laughs> he like drove over there. Like, uh, one of the precincts was close to the board of elections on Stevenson. I think mm-hmm. they were having issues with one of the encoders or, uh, another part of the machines that I, I, I don't know a whole lot about, but, um, he like went over there and fixed it and then just came back and kept doing his job. I thought that was cool that he was being really hands-on about it, you know, taking, yeah. taking, like, I felt like he really, he, he looked like he was taking ownership of that election, which is what you want from an election supervisor, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I just wanted to point that out because, um, we've, I've seen a lot worse elections. We did have some issues, but, um, I've seen, uh, elections here with a lot of other issues. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's touch on that a little bit. Um, there were some issues there, uh, a couple, you know, in a couple locations, but nothing like, you know, earth shattering. Um, yeah. what were you seeing in, at the precincts? Yeah. Um, so yeah, there were issues, uh, today. And one of the issues that I, that I did want to talk about was one that we've seen in every election since we bought the dominion machines, which are the new voting system that we mm-hmm. use with like the printouts and all that. Um, we got those in 2020, like the tail end of 2019, early 2020, I think the first big election was the 2020 primary with those. But um, one issue that happens with them is sometimes they're not compatible with outlets in older buildings. And we live in the oldest city of Georgia. <laughs> and so um, we have some old buildings, you know, and it's not necessarily like we're plugging them into like, you know, Fort Jackson or anything like that. But uh, in some of these old church fellowship halls, um, the outlets aren't great and they're not compatible with the Dominion machines. And sometimes that leads to interruptions in power. And sometimes that leads to, you know, one or two machines being down and people just having one in the precinct that they can vote at or less in general, you know, mm-hmm. like if, if the power 
Um, but the, the machines are built so that even if the power goes out, they'll still work. But um, that's only happens if they're able to get the juice from the wall, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's an issue that I've seen happen. I don't really know how to solve that or anything. Like I don't have any brilliant solution to that because here's the thing, board of elections, like has a hard time getting these precincts to use. These are, you know, you don't go to like county buildings for the most part in these. These aren't like uh, government-owned property. These are churches. These are schools. These are like, yeah. these are places that that offer these services up to them. I guess schools are government-owned, but, you know, the, these are places that offer these locations up to them. And since 2020, when COVID hit, it was, it's been hard for them to find those places. Mm. So it's kind of a rock and a hard place because it's like, well, you can either have this old building where the outlets are kind of faulty and there may be issues with the machines mm. or you can just not have a building, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and obviously I say this, uh, uh, but uh, there were no issues that sometimes we see it where um, the, at the beginning of the day, there's issues with equipment. The equipment didn't get set up correctly or something's not working, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and in those situations, uh, sometimes the poll manager will call the supervisor, supervisor will call the judge and the judge will issue an extension of voting hours that day. We didn't see that this year because all the precincts were able to open on time. Um, and they were all able to vote initially. There were interruptions in that. Like it wasn't a perfect day by any means, never going to be, but, um, yeah, uh, yeah, there, there were issues, but, uh, the board of elections had technicians flying around the county, not flying around, but zipping around the county in, in cars all day. Uh, uh, yeah, they, like there's, there's things in place when issues do pop up. Um, and I didn't, we didn't see any yesterday that just completely stalled one precinct or anything. And, for a primary that had a huge early voting turnout. Um, and I'd say about a typical election day turnout. Um, mm-hmm. I say it's pretty good, you know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, let's go ahead and jump into, cause we got a bunch of different races to cover. Let's start with, you mentioned it before, but the governor's race, that one was kind of the high profile one, yeah. even on the primary Dude, side. Brian Kim won every County in Georgia. There was not a single County in this state that didn't, that didn't vote camp over Purdue. Yeah. And that's insane. dude. Like, and so, know. and so you wrote, um, it went online, I think, I believe today on savannahnow.com, oh, yeah. but the, uh, you pretty much the story is so Kemp won, but now it's the Abrams Kemp rematch, yeah. 2018 rematch. And the big thing he has to do is how can he bring some of these Trump voters back into the Republican fold? So I guess kind of doing a little bit of, of a synopsis for that, like, what does he got to do to, um, you know, kind of get his base together to face Stacey Abrams? Honestly, dude, I don't think much. I really don't think much. Um, like, think about it. So if you're a Republican voter in Georgia, say you're a, uh, a, a you're a hardcore Purdue supporter, you know, mm-hmm. you're one of the 26% of the people who did that or whatever the final tally was on election night. Um, I don't see... I don't see someone of that mindset thinking that Stacey Abrams is ever going to be the better choice than Brian Kemp. Now, the issue there is getting them to come out and vote because turnout's going to be what wins or loses this. Sure. Um, but I really, I, I don't know. I don't see, we've seen a lot of uh, Republicans get more politically involved, get more knowledgeable about things since 2020, um, just because of, you know, Trump saying that he didn't lose and all that stuff mm-hmm. and people looking into it. Um it's not true. Just want to point that out. It's not true, but it is good that people are looking into the election process. Um, because so now that people know, I don't think, I don't, I can't think of that in that way. I can't say like, you know, I don't think they're going to come back out and vote in November because Purdue didn't win. I don't think it's that 
much of a divide in the Republican party, like even Purdue, you know, uh, when, on, when he conceded on Tuesday, he was like, I'm going to make damn sure Stacey Abrams is never the governor of Georgia. Like their mission is the same. I think, mm-hmm. um, ultimately, like, I think that's what Purdue was going for. I think the, the main split and people will contest this and say, this isn't the only split, but I've yet to see many real examples of it. Um, uh, the main difference between Purdue and camp is that Purdue believes that the election was stolen and camp obviously does not because he was the part of the one telling Trump, no, I'm not going to, you know, appoint, call a special session to appoint alternate electors for you because that's against the constitution. Um, But I don't see that split driving people who are going to vote Republican anyway, to not vote Republican, you know, or not vote for Kemp, especially like if, (laughs) I don't know, it'd be, it'd be a a bad move on their part because you got to think about it, man, to Republicans and Georgia, Stacey Abrams is like Darth Vader, dude. That is the arch nemesis. She is, she is the, she is the, you know, like the, the worst possible outcome in terms of what, hardcore republicans want for the state you know? yeah and well and, and then on her side i mean it's been it's been the same as it's been since day one it applies to warnock it applies to all the other democrats down the the ticket is you just have to get your people to show up that's true you know i mean that's i mean that, that you can kind of if you want to you can sit there and try to theorize on like the ossoff warnock thing yeah. a couple of years ago but really that's what it came down to more people voted than before yeah. and so i think um yeah uh, you know i think that definitely you'll probably have that contingency that's still like very anti-kemp because they're so in that trump base mm-hmm. but at the same time though, i agree that for the most part they just hate stacy abrams yeah they do not want her to be the governor yeah like i think that's the that's the final answer you know yeah, yeah. We're going to take a little breather in the commute right now and talk a little bit about savannahnow.com. If you were watching us on Tuesday night and into Wednesday and getting that election coverage, well, remember that we have great local coverage coming to you every day of the week. And so if you would like to uh, if you would like to subscribe and support the work that is being done by the reporters here at the Savannah Morning News, head over to savannahnow.com slash subscribe now. Um, this is Memorial Day weekend. They have a special Memorial Day sale. I believe it's $1 for, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher it, but like six to 10 months um, of, uh, of coverage here in the, Savannah, in the Savannah area. We also have, you caught last week or earlier this week on the podcast, we had probably, I'm going to say, the most extensive coverage in the state when it comes came to the Hyundai plant coming to Bryan, Neffingham County. We had coverage uh, you know, from the event. We had a, this you had to be a subscriber to get this, but a behind the deal, this is how it happened. We had local reaction from local leaders, from Bryan County leaders, from all over the place. All of that is available at savannahnow.com, and you can access it for $1 by going to savannahnow.com slash subscribe now. Uh, again, savannahnow.com slash subscribe now. Uh, please support your local journalist. Now, back to Will Peoples. Um, on, that, on that note, you had the Secretary of State's race, and that yeah. one was one that we kind of thought would be either flipped or at least go into a runoff. And Brad Raffensperger handled Jody Heiss pretty uh, not handily, not as much as Kemp to sure. Purdue, but still, I mean, more than honestly, I think a lot of people expected yeah. and avoided a runoff. So he'll be facing uh, a Democrat. They're going into a runoff on the Democratic mm-hmm. side. But 
Um, any thoughts on the Raffensburger race? Yeah, I, man, I'll be honest. I was pretty surprised too, but you're right. As far as elections go, he really did beat him by a good bit, beat Heist by a good bit. There were three in that race. I know that percentage doesn't look like it because it's 52, but Kemp's an anomaly, right? Like that, that race is, doesn't usually happen unless well, in Raffensburger, yeah. he, he hit Kemp a lot, but he hit Raff, like Raffensburger, I think was the main target that Trump had <laughs> yeah, the, when it came to the election. Man, do you remember that phone call? Uh, the, yeah. The, the, find me the votes or whatever. It's so crazy. Crazy, yeah, that, that, that he got, and that. so I think I think out of anybody in the state, like the, that, the Trump supporters go, "This is the guy who's not doing what he needs to do." Yeah, he's the guy. So when I was looking at this data yesterday, um, the Secretary of State's office has uh, the maps of each county, you know, and it'll like color them blue mm-hmm. or, or whichever one they voted for. Um, and the one for Raffensburg was interesting because, like I said, the Kemp one, it was every you know the whole state was the same color because every county voted majority Kemp, um, but for Raffensperger, it was, you know, Atlanta area, Raffensperger, Columbus, West Georgia, uh, Raffensperger, um, South Georgia, over to Savannah, Raffensperger, all the way up to Macon. And then like that, there was like a little pocket there in the CSRA. That's where I'm from the central Savannah river area. I don't know if people know the acronym here or not, but, um, like with Augusta, like from Augusta to about, I don't know, close to the middle Georgia, it was just like this big pocket of people who voted for Jody Heiss. And I was like, that's Trump country right there, man. That's like, that's where it's at. You know, like it stretched a little bit up into North Georgia, but not, not to the border, not to like uh, Tennessee, South Carolina border. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, um, it, I thought that was interesting because it, it's so isolated. It's such a little pocket. I remember New York Times did a story on a county, um, Glasscock County, which is uh, neighboring my neighbors, my home county of Jefferson County. Um, they were 96 percent Trump in 2016 or something like that. And they were, you know, smack dab in the middle of it. And I was like, that's really interesting to see just the regional the regional split in Republicans. I don't know. I thought it was cool, but yeah, yeah overall, it's kind of surprised that Raffensperger pulled it out, but um, he stood up for election integrity, you know? So, yeah. Hey. And I think, I mean, honestly, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I, I assume that B Nguyen will probably be the democratic um, nomination. And yeah. she kind of has, she has a little bit of like the, the rising power, you know, I think she's definitely aligned with like Jen Jordan and Stacey Abrams and those folks. So she'll probably get that bump. But at the same time, I think, Raffensperger has that kind of central oh, I do, that yeah. I that I like I feel like he's probably like I feel confident more in him than her just because I think that he has the right and then he has more of the central because I think even people on the left appreciated what he did in 2020. I think you you bring up an interesting point because I'm really interested to see how you know whoever that Democratic nominee ends yeah. up being campaigns for that you know like what are you supposed to say like Raffensperger uh, I mean, I guess you could go after 202 and the restrictions that were there and how and he supported do, yeah. But he didn't sign that, dude. That wasn't him. He had nothing to do with that. He's just the enforcement arm of it, right? Um, because the Secretary of State's so removed, right? You know, it, it's it's they have one job, well, a lot of jobs, but it, it's it circles around one area, and that's the management of the state's election system. And like, what are you gonna say? Well, in 2020, when Donald Trump called Brad Raffensperger, he well he he did the right thing <laughs> you know like how do you campaign against that i don't know <laughs> no so i mean i think that's why i think um there will be a lot of people who follow party lines but i think in yeah. terms of like the middle votes it'll probably gear toward him just because i think people responded yeah. to how he reacted pretty well yeah and it's kind of in a weird spot too anyway and kind of like those local board of election seats where it's weird to see people campaign for him really sure um, cause I don't know, like I, I say, I'm interested to see how they campaign. Really. I'm just interested to see what Robinsburg says when he calls me to like, give me secretary of state's updates. Cause it'll like slip in a little, a little bit of campaigning every now and then. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. 
I think that that was another one that's just going to come with turnout. You're going to have to hit your yeah. card for a lot of Democrats. You're going to have to hit your card to that Stacey Abrams wagon and just, oh, I mean, and just like, and it, yeah, yeah. D all the way down the ballot. That's what you're exactly. banking on for the most part, um, um, which, you know, do your research. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that on either side. Um, yeah. Uh, let's, let's touch on these three real quickly. There's not too much. Um, first one is first congressional district. Uh, that's for the democratic mm-hmm. side mm-hmm. who will face buddy Carter. Um, Wade Herring and Joyce Murray Griggs are in a runoff. That seems to be kind of the big, that'll probably be the big race between now and the 21st when the runoff happens. Um, anything just to kind of be top of mind as we look at that race? <laughs> Money doesn't matter that much in politics. Like <laughs> it, yeah. it's what you do with it, I think. Um, because uh, you know we've been writing about well, how much money White Hair has been raising because it's anomalous, right? There's it, it's it's crazy for a Democratic candidate for the first district to raise the kind of money Wade has. He's at like six hundred thousand dollars in his campaign wallet right now, and that's after you know a year of a like a year of doing this, right? Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but Joyce Griggs has raised twenty seven hundred dollars. That's, that's like that's like two and a half paychecks for me. <laughs> And she has somehow not only forced us into a runoff, but I think she's the favorite, man. She's like, the favorite, like, right like, like, I seriously think she's the favorite. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> Joyce Griggs, I don't know what she did with that $2,700, but man, pass, <laughs> write a book or something. Cause wow. Um, yeah, no, that one's interesting because <sighs> Joyce is established. She's been around before. Um, people know her name. She's got name recognition. People know her around the county. Um, she's a black candidate in a majority black district. Like that's going to play a role in it, right? Well, at least in Chatham. I mean, that's. I, I, I think it was interesting yeah. to look. Um, yeah, Lib- and, she, and she still cleaned up in like Bryan, Effingham, yeah. McIntosh, like other places too. She 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 won but every like, county in the first district. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that just that that also just kind of gives you a little bit of telling because yeah, Chatham. I think um, will kind of Chatham is is a little bit sequestered, you know, at least on this side. So it's interesting to see like how Bryan, Effingham, Bullock, yeah. all those places voted. Yeah, and Joyce has been here before too in 2020 with Lisa Ring, you know. Um, and Lisa Ring was the I would say about as well known as her because Lisa ran in 2018 for the same spot. They sure. they ran to a runoff. Lisa was the favorite in the primary, and then after that, uh, Joyce beat her in the runoff by like the same. I think it was like three thousand votes. Lisa was ahead in the primary, and then the runoff. Um, Joyce beat Joyce got yeah. those three thousand, and she was the nominee, and then she lost to Carter. But. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a really interesting race because it is because I mean, I, I know I'm sure you can attest as somebody living in Savannah, like you've just been hearing for literally a year. Wait, wait, hearing, wait, hearing, wait, hearing. Yeah, um, and it's and they literally have set it up. Wait, hearing versus Buddy Carter. We're not even talking about two other people. Yeah. Um, and the fact that not only has she forced him into a runoff, but also she seems to be the favorite in the runoff just tells you, yeah, like. Wade's going to have to do a lot of work between now and the 21st. And I think the question, the biggest question um, for this one is where do those Michelle Monroe votes go? Mm-hmm. Um, because Michelle Monroe did not do bad, you know, like mm-hmm. she, she was also uh, pretty new at this and she, she jumped in here uh, fairly, fairly late in the game. I think it was like February or maybe March when she announced, which is not a lot of time. Um, she was playing catch up for a lot of it, but she did pretty well. She is the reason that this was a runoff, I think. Um, and I, I, I think the big question is going to be where do those votes go? Um, she's yep. based out of Richmond Hill. So maybe it's, I don't know, maybe we're, maybe we see where Richmond Hill Democrats go, but the defining factor, and I didn't realize this until I went and looked it up the other day, the defining factor in this race is Chatham County. We are like over half about, I think about 40,000 votes were cast in this race. Mm-hmm. Chatham had 25 or 25,000 of them. So it's like, 
you know, we are the one to win, but uh, Joyce won every county. So, <laughs> yeah. And, it, and I think, In, including Jack, I think after the runoff, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, we were talking about before, like the, you know, blue all the way down, yeah. those types of voters, like if that'll have an impact on the race, but when they actually get to face Buddy Carter. Yeah. Um, I don't really believe it will, but, you know, it'll yeah. be interesting to see. You know, uh, yeah. And on that subject, you know, um, the whole, I don't know. I think, I think that in 2020 and the runoff, the Senate runoff in 21, January 5th was this, everything I'd ever heard about elections was like, well, the Democrats don't show up in a runoff. Um, but they did then when the Senate was on the line, Mm -hmm. will Chatham and, you know, the Chatham and Liberty and Glenn, which are the three like main democratic strongholds, if you could even call them that in the first district, like, are they going to show up um, and do that. I don't know. I do not know. So, but it's um, interesting. the other two races, you had the Georgia house and Alan Westbrook has finally gotten to the house after, yeah, <laughs> after a few attempts, um, she beat mahogany Bowers. 17 votes in one year, you know, right. Exactly. 19, something like that. It's um, crazy. but yeah, I think, uh, we're going to have a, a profile talking a little bit about her that Nancy Kwan wrote, um, looking at Ann. but, um, any, any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, it had to be a good race. Um, the, yeah, I thought it was going to be a little closer. I'll be honest. Um, I think Mahogany is a strong candidate, uh, or sorry, Wesley uh, is a strong candidate. Um, uh, and I hope that she doesn't get discouraged by this. I hope that she goes for another office. I don't know. We were, we were just kind of like throwing the ideas around like what she could do. And I think that's a, I think yeah. she's got a good chance at the city council seat if she wants yeah, to run city, for I it, think, man, think, you know, city council, county commission, yeah. something like that. I could see her definitely running for one of those. Yeah. And, and I, like, and don't get me wrong. I could totally see her in the state house as well at some point. Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But I, 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 the thing, it seemed like a bigger leap, you know, I, you know, if she yeah. had done like a term or two in council or in council or even commission, it was like, Oh, I'm going to go for house. I think that would make more sense. It was just, it seemed very much like a bit, a little bit of a leap, a little higher leap than you expected. Yeah. And I see why she wouldn't, you know, because a lot of the value of that is name recognition, you know, mm-hmm. um, and to an extent political reputation, but really it's, I think it's just people know in your name when you get, when they get to you on the ballot and people know her name, right. She's got a radio show. She does blessing of the book bag. She's super involved locally here. <laughs> when I first got here and I was kind of on like the nonprofit beat, the nonprofit slash cops beat. Like I saw her all the time. She's out there. She's doing stuff, you yeah. know, as, as like uh, a grassroots community organizer, but an actual one and not like what people try to frame themselves as now, sure. you know, um, so yeah, yeah. If you do listen to this, Mahogany, don't give up, go, go run for something yeah, else. No, Keep going. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, yeah. I think there's definitely, there's, there's, uh, there's open opportunities for leadership mm-hmm. all over the city and county. And I bet, and I bet Ann West would probably tell her the same, uh, cause yeah. I know, I know Ann too, but yeah. Um, I don't want to put words Well, then we got the last one is just the Senate. Um, it'll be Mallow and Clinton Young who flipped to, uh, I guess yeah, get on the ticket. Um, uh, I thought, it seems like it seems like a pretty uh, easy shoe in for Mallow, um, unless you feel differently. Yeah, Clinton Young's an interesting candidate because uh, I covered him in the District 165 race when he was running as a Democrat. Um, and actually, when I was writing the what to knows, kind of our like who's running for this kind of rate kind mm-hmm. of stories, I, I wrote he was a Democrat and he called me and was like, Well, I am not a Democrat anymore. I was like, I'm sorry. You just were in November. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did not know this. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of a centrist. He's, he, he's got different views. Um, but I'll be honest, if you're, why would you run it as a Democrat? I mean, I, why would you want run as a Republican in Senate district two, which is just known to be the democratic district, right? Like, I don't know. I, I think that, 
I think that uh, Derek Mallow and Orlando Scott were the only real competition for that because I sure. don't see that district ever voting a Republican. And even if it's Clinton Young, you know, like I don't, I don't, I don't, even if it's a, a Republican who was just a Democrat in November, like I don't, I don't see that being the case. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think that one's much. Um, but I think what is interesting is Derek Mallow um, because he's kind of the projected winner of this and, you know, getting into the state Senate after a year in the state house, like he got the house and then he got the Senate just lickety split. That's really fast. That is yeah. ascending at a rate that just doesn't happen. Um, and what I wonder about is would Lester try to go back because Lester Jackson lost the, uh, the Senate district or not, sorry, the, the labor commission, the labor commissioner race. Yeah. He didn't get to the runoff in that. Would he would he run for district two again? I don't think so, unless Mallow was just doing badly. From what I understand, they have a good relationship. So, but and I, I don't really see Mallow doing badly in it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, that's Mallow's got an opportunity here, I think, uh, to be the next Lester Jackson for that seat, you know, to be there for a long time, to be this, you know, not not two term, not three term, but like 10 term, 20 year like yeah. senator for our, the area um and that is uh that doesn't come around super often so no i don't know yeah i need to call derek i'm gonna call him and ask him about that sounds like a good story there you go <laughs> um well will thank you yeah. glad you survived and then i guess we'll see you again on the 21st yeah 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 i was like the 21st <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me Zach. really appreciate it And that is a wrap on the Thursday commute. Thank you so much to Will for joining us. Uh, if you missed, like I mentioned before, if you missed the Monday or the Tuesday episode, excuse me, we talked with Governor Brian Kemp as well as local development leaders on the Hyundai plant deal coming to Bryan County. So get a little bit of an insight into that. Uh, we'll be continuing to dig into election issues over the next few weeks as we head into a June runoff and then, of course, the November general election. So please stick with us uh, again one more time, savannahnow.com slash subscribe now, take part in that Memorial Day deal and support local journalism. All right. Thank you all. Have a wonderful long weekend and we will see you on Tuesday. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.